Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Good week to have a podcast, huh? Great week. Yeah. I don't even really want to do an intro here because I know so many of you are kind of here to be fully informed on the whole Jay Cutler, Christian Cavallari Instagram situation. And I promise we're going to do that. I actually kind of want to preface this episode by saying my goal is when you're done with this, or at least done with that section, is that you are so caught up, you are so well-informed to the point where you could explain that to anybody because we're really going to break it down very kind of clearly for you. So you have come to the right place if you're here from Instagram or you saw a swipe up on our story. I promise you, we're going to give you all the facts, right? Definitely. Not to mention, by the way, I know that's kind of the lead here, but we also have Kourtney Kardashian, Travis Barker, and Gigi Hadid's baby. Like There are good stories this week. It's like randomly a very stacked week. It became a stacked outline in the last 24 to 36 hours, I would say. You know I love when that happens. I know. So we're going to get into it, but as you guys know, every week we're highlighting a Black-owned business, and this week is actually one that we featured before. It's called Spy Belt, SPI Belt, and we've just been getting a lot of DMs about it, so it's in our highlight on Instagram, and I'm going to put it in the description, but... This is that company that makes those really kind of sleek, compact belts. So if you're running or walking or exercising and you just want your keys in your phone, this is the thing. I've been using this product for forever. As always, I'll put it in the description, but um, just wanted to highlight that one again. Okay, Julie, you ready? So ready. Okay, so there are a lot of moving parts to this entire Kristen Cavallari, Jay Cutler Instagram situation. And so the way that we're going to do this is I am first going to give you a full-blown chronological breakdown that includes every key piece of information that you need to know. Kind of what we did is we put together a timeline, both from real life things, Instagram, interviews, all together for you to better understand the story. So the first few minutes will be really information heavy, then we'll get into a discussion and an analysis. But I think probably the best place to start is by outlining for you the five key players here. Those are obviously Kristen and her ex-husband, Jay. We then have Kristen's best friend, celebrity hairstylist, Justin Anderson. And we then have Madison LaCroix and Austin Kroll. For anybody who doesn't know, they are cast members of Bravo's show, Southern Charm. They're also exes and have had a really kind of toxic, tumultuous relationship. So if you're familiar with them, you understand this. And if not, you'll quickly see how kind of jealousy plays into all of this. So first, timeline-wise, I'm going to take you back to April 2020, and this is when Jay and Kristen announced their divorce after seven years of marriage and three children. And at the time, I don't think it's that people were so shocked by this. It was more so, like I always say, there's just something about Kristen Cavallari that I think is really intriguing. So it was more so that people were interested or curious, but less shocked. Next point on the timeline is November 2020. This is when Jay posted on Instagram that he was out to lunch in Charleston with Shannon Ford. For anybody unfamiliar, Shannon was one of Christian's former employees. They had a big falling out, and they are not on good terms. So from a public perception perspective, this was kind of seen as a fuck you to Christian. And another interesting thing here was that Madison commented on this photo and said, see y'all soon at Shannon Ford. And when this happened, people were kind of curious, like, what's going on here? How did they even know each other? And is this platonic. Also, just as a side note, Shannon was actually on the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast a few weeks ago where she said, I just happened to be in Charleston with my family. I saw that my agent was there. He was with Jay and that's why we met up. So she kind of explained that it really was not meant to be this fuck you that it turned into. Next point is December 5th. This is when Kristen posted that photo of herself in a bikini and Austin, remember Madison's ex-boyfriend, commented on it and said, 
See you next week. Keep breaking the internet in the meantime. We posted that on Comments by Bravo with the caption, intrigued by this friendship. Madison, Austin's ex, commented and said, yeah, trust me, if he was with her, he wouldn't be sending me songs at midnight last night. Bless. So at this point, we're kind of like, what is going on here? Madison and Austin are exes. Kristen and Jay are exes. Are they hooking up? Like, what is the deal? So about a week later, December 14th, is when we get the infamous Instagram Live. It's Kristen, Justin, Austin, and Austin Southern Charm cast member Craig. This is when they went to Nashville to record the podcast. They're with Kristen and Justin, and they're all drunk. They're singing, we are never, ever getting back together with Taylor Swift. Justin is in the camera saying like, he doesn't like you, Madison. Kristen is on Austin's shoulders. It's a really kind of rowdy night. And this was the Instagram live that sparked a million conversations. So about a month later on January 7th, Madison is on Watch What Happens Live. And Andy asks her, what did you think of Austin hanging out with Kristen Cavallari? Did you watch any of their adventures on Instagram? Madison says, I was busy having my own adventures, but no, I did not. He says, an adventure of the Jay Cutler kind. She says, I'm not kissing and telling. So at this point, we're all like, okay, what is going on here? Because Austin and Kristen had kind of denied that they were hooking up, but Madison didn't really deny the Jay thing. It was kind of floating out there. So fast forward to this last week. Thursday night was the explosive Southern Charm finale where Madison was really kind of going all out on it. And after she goes on her Instagram live and she's kind of drunk, she's singing, we're never, ever getting back together also. And at one point she makes this comment where she says, don't worry, my kids at his dad's. I think when that video was made, hers weren't. Basically saying that night of the live stream when they were all drunk and Kristen was with Austin, she was kind of making like a little bit of a mom shaming comment saying, I think she had her kids that night. And that is kind of what sparked all of this because the next day on Friday, Kristen and Jay Instagram that photo at the exact same time that says, the world is full of users, 10 years, can't break that. So everybody's kind of thinking, you know, is this a direct response to Madison? Kind of like, do whatever you want, but don't fuck with my ex-wife's parenting skills. So Madison comments on Jay's photo and says, I told you it would all work out. Justin comments on Kristen's photo and says, there's a calmness in the Nashville air tonight, loveys. Love you guys. So from then, we see Justin Anderson, remember, that's Kristen's best friend, take to TikTok, and he's kind of shading Madison. He's responding to a lot of comments, basically saying, like, I didn't want to get involved, but when somebody comes for my friend's parenting skills, that's when all bets are off. So at this point, everybody really thinks it's about Madison. And Sunday morning, she takes to her Instagram story, and she posts a video that basically says, you know what? I wasn't going to do this, but if everyone's coming for me, I'm going to bring out the receipts. She posts two screenshots. I'm sure you've all seen these, but I'm going to read them anyway. It was her text conversation with Jay. And in it, you hear her say, what were you coming here for? Because you didn't tell me anything. He says, to hang out with you. She says, well, you've got to ask me. He says, haha, I was going to today. She goes, ask me or tell me you already booked it. He goes, do you want to hang out next weekend? At this point, we don't know if she deleted the message or if it was a voice note that deleted, but... We see him respond and say, okay, don't stress about it. I bought the flight yesterday because it was the last direct one. If it doesn't work out, I can change it to some other time. Again, we can't see her response, but he says, perfect. She then shares another text completely from a different day where you see him say, it was insinuated and my name was also brought into it, which I didn't appreciate. She says, Jay, I've done nothing but respect you and your privacy. I respect you and I respect your family and I would never say anything to jeopardize you and your family. He says, Didn't seem like that was the case. Maybe it was accidental. I don't know. No one wants this mess. I appreciate you saying that. I think we can all respect each other moving forward at the very least. She says, I'm disgusted by this whole situation. You reach out to me. Your intentions may have not been pure, but that might be you projecting. I've never said anything about Kristen, nor would I. I came to this honestly with good intentions. I want no part of being involved in a payback or drama, but you initiated and pursued. If you weren't interested in something real, you shouldn't have slept with me. Keep in mind, she put her caption over that last word and the caption says, I kept my mouth shut until I get called a liar, dot, dot, dot. Everybody was asking us like, do you think the word she redacted is slept with? I feel like I can say with 100% certainty, absolutely. You can see the S, you can see the L. To me, 100%, it says you shouldn't have slept with me. So that happens. And we kind of see Justin Anderson continue to go off, basically saying it's rude to share private text messages and He wasn't going to get involved, but she is the user. So that's kind of the most recent update. The only thing that happened after that was Madison posted another selfie of her and Jay and wrote, too bad it didn't work out. 
So we're all kind of sitting here like, what is going on? And I guess kind of the only other lingering question that people were asking is, as recently as January 9th, Kristen was still linked with her supposed new boyfriend, comedian Jeff Dye. We don't know if that's still the case. There haven't really been that many reports, but if you happen to catch their Instagram live on January 9th, you saw they were saying, I love you. They were calling each other babe. So I don't really know what the deal is there, but that is kind of everything as of the time that we're recording this that you need to know information wise, right? You're so good at timelines. <laughs> Stop. You're so good. So as a little surprise to all of you, I actually have Isabel, my Comments by Bravo co-host and our official Bravo correspondent here because we really didn't want to leave out anything and I feel like you were the perfect person to bring on. I feel like old times. Hey, <laughs> this is so fun, guys. Hi, girls. Okay, why don't we just give, I guess, immediate reactions, no? Like, holy shit. There's, holy. there's nothing else to say besides holy shit. And what I can't believe and I, what I think we can't forget in all of this is how, how did they like flip-flop? Like what came first? Were, did Kristen and Austin become friends first and then Madison like revenged, reached out to Jay Cutler to hook up with him? It's crazy. That's the question that a lot of people have is like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I really don't know. I mean, we know for a fact that Austin and Craig went down to Nashville to shoot their podcast. Kristen most likely was on it. That's where their relationship became like, quote, public. And by relationship, I mean friendship. But I don't know where the Jay Cutler of it all necessarily fits into this timeline. Like, that's what's insane about it is that they switched. It's not just one-sided. And I'm going to be honest, if there's any couple that could literally use Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler as a little pawn in their messy X games, it's it's Austin and Madison. Yeah, that's why I felt like it was so important to bring you on for this because if you're not a Southern Charm watcher, I don't think you fully can understand the extent of how kind of classic this is in the sense of there is no more toxic couple than Austin Kroll and Madison LaCroix. It's toxic. It's nasty. Especially if you watch this last finale, you really saw it. So it kind of makes sense that they're using like reality television royalty to almost get back at each other. And like always trying to outdo each other. The whole thing is just so on brand for Madison and Austin. But this specifically, what's going on now is like, I think she is getting such a rise out of a, now confirming to the world that she was right and that she slept with Jay Cutler and that she could get him, also probably rubbing it in Austin's face, and B, that she has these receipts. Yes, but I have a question for you that I'm really curious about because yes. to me, when I saw those like quote receipts, I was a little bit underwhelmed because it confirms that they had some sort of a relationship, maybe, right? She yes. kind of very conveniently blocked out the word slept with, but we can all assume what that meant. And I get that. And I, you know, it's not now nobody can say like, oh, you're making something out of nothing, but I still need to fully have a better understanding of where that fits into everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To me, like the fact that she even had Jay Cutler's number was like new information to us because up until this point, I thought she was just really milking the like Instagram back and forth relationship that they had. I didn't know it went further. We, none of us knew that, but the thing about these receipts that we have to take with a huge grain of salt is that they're coming from Madison and they seem manipulated. Whether it's voice notes, whether she deleted some text, she's only showing two slides of what seems to be a longer conversation or over a couple of days. Like we know the tricks, right? So this is not, and he's not coming back with his own receipts. So we can't take this at face value. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I kind of want to, I guess, acknowledge just head on in this discussion, and then Julie, I'm going to bring you in in a second. But like, I do feel like I need to kind of acknowledge my bias and the fact of like, I am by no means a Jay Cutler fan at all. I didn't like him on the show. I always just, I don't know, I wasn't a huge fan of his energy. But that being said, I'm really not a fan of Madison's. I, like I said on the episode last week, even just watching the finale and you just see, I really do think that she sometimes can be mean-spirited. I don't think she's a bad person, but I think she's really kind of conniving. So I am coming from that angle because I've seen what she's done before. So nobody's ever going to convince me that her intentions are always pure. That's not mean that this is her fault necessarily, but 
I kind of, I can't be going into this totally blind because I'm not blind because I know how she can be. And Austin's no saint. Let's not get things twisted. Austin is no saint, but Austin just doesn't have the ability to twist things as well as she does because he's just not as smart. Totally. And what's really interesting now to examine is how everyone looks now coming out on the other side of this. Like, I think what Madison doesn't realize is, yes, she is on one of the biggest reality shows. She'll never be that reality TV royalty. And although Kristen and Jay got all wrapped up in this shit show, they're still coming out classy. They're posting this photo together. They're not dropping receipts. They're not getting in on the drama. Like they kind of win, you know, like everyone's perception is still like you, they're the, they win. Julie, let me bring you in for a second. Okay. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> As somebody who doesn't watch Southern Charm, I know you have only gotten a small glimpse of her from watching that episode, but what do you think about the general situation? Almost like Madison aside, like just speaking more from the Kristen and Jay angle, what did you think about them posting the photo? What do you think now seeing what has transpired? Well, first of all, the first thing I want to say and that I think is so important to get out of the way is that Jay is not the prize that Madison thinks he is. Like, not at all. Not it at all. Um, And the other thing that I think we're forgetting about in all of this is Jay and Kristen themselves are messy. Like, we're kind of distracted by the whole other parties coming into this thing and the confusion of that. But the thing, the reason that the Jay and Kristen divorce in the first place was so captivating was because of the timeline of how quickly it happened. They were on vacation, they got back, and the next day they were filed for divorce. And then him posting that Instagram at lunch with somebody who's like literal enemy was shady. So this whole timeline of Kristen and Jay being shady with each other, clearly not being on good terms, and then all of a sudden amidst this, posting an Instagram together, acting like they've been best friends this whole time, makes is just another layer of the story. Right. You know it's bad when you forget how messy Kristen and Jay are because Madison and Austin are the ultimate messy couple that they make Kristen and Jay look like picture perfect. Yes. Kristen and Jay come out of this looking like they're just being dragged into this. Like they are innocent bystanders and all of a sudden their names are being dragged in. And that's not really what went down with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely truth to that. On a certain level, they are a little bit more private. They aren't both. Neither of them are really that active on Instagram, but we can kind of assume that something like that was going down. But just to go back to a second to the Madison of it all, you know, I still feel like I need to get a better grasp on her kind of um, motive for sharing these receipts, meaning what what liar were people calling her? Were people saying that she had nothing to do with Jay? Like, what was it about those photos that Kristen and Jay posted that made her feel, I need to post this because I'm being made out to be something that I'm not? That I feel like is still a piece that's missing in all of this. I think people were accusing her of like, trying to pretend that she had some relationship with Jay or even knew him or that they ever hooked up and that or lying about it saying that that they never had and she felt like she needed to be like well you're going to say I'm not well I am but we also can't forget in all of this yeah Kristen and Jay are maybe less active on social media than Austin and Madison just because I guess of the kind of people they are and also the level of fame that they're at but Kristen has Justin Anderson and he kind of acts as her like mouthpiece on the side, not in a bad way, but he does a little bit of the dirty work. He's getting in on the TikTok comments, making his caption on TikTok, the Southern Charm theme song, calling them clowns. He's the one who's going live and saying into the camera, you know, he doesn't like you, Madison. So while Kristen's hands are clean, her point of view and also the conversations that she has with her best friend leak out through him. Right. Yes, which is very important. And I have to imagine that their relationship is so longstanding and they are genuinely really close that I can't imagine if she was asking him to not do this, that he would continue to. You know what I mean? I don't think she's asking him to do it, but I also don't think that she's stopping him, I think is a fair assessment. Yeah, I think she's like, you do what you do. He also is a little bit involved in it because he's friends with them. I think like Emma and I discussed this on Bravo when she, when Austin was on Watch What Happens Live and Andy was asking, you know, what went down with you guys that night, I saw she was on your shoulders, and he 
was really playing it coy and like saying, you know, we'll see. We're both single, not denying that nothing happened and just saying, yeah, we're friends. Like we had a really great night, like which was what everyone else was saying. I think that started to piss them off of like, are you just using us for cloud? Are you trying to get in page six in TMZ of saying Southern Charm stars dating Kristen Cavallari? Or do you really want to be friends with us? Like you said, we had so much fun. Right. Because on Watch What Happens, he basically said, yeah, you know, Kristen kind of slid into the DMs. And that I think, I would imagine, rubbed them the wrong way. Because even Justin's story, when he had posted on it saying, nobody slid into anybody's DMs, like, let's get that straight. And Kristen kind of had to make another story basically saying, people love clickbait. They love to talk about something that's there. You know, none of that is there. We're just friends having a good night. So I definitely think that line of like, reality TV star and also actual celebrity gets a little bit blurred in the way that they handle things. Yeah. I think that's when the trust started to crumble and the the friendship that they thought was going to be some great thing with their little group. They were like, okay, wait a minute. Like we can't jump in too fast because she didn't slide into Austin's DMs. Justin did when they were visiting Charleston. They wanted to have a good night out. He was a fan of the show. So for Austin to immediately twist that right after literally the week that they hung out, I think was probably the first red flag for them. I think so too, which is kind of just one element of this because Julie, to your point earlier, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Jay Cutler is not this prize. And I guess my thing is I'm having trouble kind of deciding is, does Madison view him as this prize? And is that what this is about? Or it's much more so kind of like personally motivated and he kind of just happens to be a convenient pawn in all of this. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a mix of both. I mean, from our perspective, Jay is not like, saying that Jay isn't the prize she thinks he is is probably the kindest way that I can describe Jay Cutler. But from her perspective, she's not viewing him the way we do. Like, he A, could be kind of a pawn in this, kind of a way to advance her and her goals or her clout, whatever she wants. But you also have to remember that like, This is a pro NFL player who was the biggest deal in the NFL for years and years as a super famous quarterback. Like that is a reputation aside from his other reputations that she's going to want to cling to. I mean, to her, that's a big deal. I'm sure, especially being a reality star. So for us, we're like, oh, we've watched Jay Cutler kind of over the years and especially as of recent and decided for ourselves we have no interest in that. But for her, if she can look past his personal stuff, A, she gets to use him for clout, and B, he's a football player that was famous and had like one of the greatest careers. Of course, she's going to chase after that. I think we're giving Madison too much credit. That's what I want to say. I think we have to really boil it down to, first of all, (laughs) the love of her life and the person that she continues to torture is Austin. And I love him. I love him. He's a nice kid, but like he's not exactly the gold standard of all men in the world. So coming from that point of view, on top of it, she is a reality star. She signed up for this show. She clearly loves it, loves the fame, loves the clout. Kristen Cavallari created this life, created exactly what Madison is following in her footsteps. And although their ages aren't that different, She is like the pioneer of what Madison is trying to do, to create businesses, to be an influencer, to have her own shows. So to now get her ex, who is a professional athlete, who has so much clout, who is so hot, who is in the real press, who is considered a, quote, real celebrity, of course, she she probably like follows him and loves him. So I just think we're giving her too much credit, and we are looking at it from such a removed point of view but her like to me they like seem perfect together yeah I mean (laughs) I just I agree with you I just imagine how somebody who doesn't or who isn't really familiar with Madison would be uh like thinking listening to this because it sounds like we're really coming down hard on her but I guess what I would want to if you if you watch the way that she kind of handles herself, I feel like your point is so spot on, you know? 
Well, and it's not so much as her as a person, right? Like I think as a mom and a friend, she's completely different than she is in relationships. And right now we're just speaking solely about how she is with what we've seen with Austin, which I know is like a very narrow view of her as a whole. But when it comes to like men and her, how petty she gets within her relationships, especially when it comes to Austin and now this, because he is looped into this somehow. That's just what I think. I think if we talk about her as a friend and as just like a woman and a person and a mom, it's like a completely different conversation. We really like her. Honestly, until the finale, I was like into watching everything she did. It got a little bit sad only this week. And that happens to overlap with when this story is coming out. Yeah. It's it's also one of those things where, you know, she posted that photo of herself where she looked absolutely insanely amazing in the bikini with the caption like unbothered. Yeah, she looked amazing. She also tagged the plastic surgeon directly on her boobs, which is such a power move, and I loved it. Um, and you know, Justin Anderson after posted and said, "I am bothered." You know, I'm not going to say I'm unbothered. I am bothered, but I think you know a lot of what we're seeing here, if you kind of zoom out, is really just what fame can do to you. You know, like all of a sudden, her little shit show with Austin is now taking its way to E News involving Jay Cutler. And to both of your points, you're right. That is a level up. That is a level up in terms of fame and in terms of news. And all of a sudden, this doesn't just become Southern charm drama. And she even posted a screenshot just now of her Instagram story, where you can see it has 500,000 views, which is way higher than what she would normally get, basically saying, like, you guys are going to keep talking. And kind of, in my opinion, her belief right now is like, all press is good press. Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. I guess the question that we haven't really answered is, do we think that that photo meant anything about a rekindling between Jay and Kristen? And my opinion is a hundred percent. Absolutely not. I think it was just a showing of solidarity amidst the, you know, parenting comments by Madison. I think that's, I think you're right. I think it was a like, we're still best friends. We're still co-parenting. We're still above all this shit. And like, we're not going to let Madison and Austin ruin that for us and also not let the media manipulate it otherwise. Exactly. What about you, Julie? Um, I agree with you. I don't think that's what that photo meant, but I wouldn't rule it out necessarily. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You guys like a hot take. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it totally could be right. I don't know. I just thought that she was absolutely done with it. And also – not that I thought this was the end all be all, but I am curious what's going on with Jeff Dye because I really liked them together. I thought it was kind of a fun match. Yeah. I mean, they literally were on Instagram live two weeks ago saying, I love you to each other. Yeah. And by the way, Kristen and Jay posting this, in my opinion, doesn't mean that they're over. If they are over, I'm, I don't think that it necessarily has anything to do with that. If they are over, does that change the way you view Jay and Kristen potentially getting back together or reconciling or whatever? Personally, no. I don't think that – no. Because I, I, it was too new of a relationship for me to place so much in that to the point that it would have prevented that. You know what I mean? Right. What do you think, Isabel? The scenario that I'm imagining in my head is like Kristen texting Jay being like, LOL, this bullshit. Like, let's clear the air because I'm so over it. Like, been there, done that, you know? They're over this mess. They don't They don't want to be involved in the petty drama. They've done it time and time again. And I think she's just like, fuck this. Let's just post a photo so everyone will shut up. And it just makes Madison look dumber now that she's going on and on about it. I mean, listen, we love it. We're living for it. I can't stop refreshing. But that's just what I think. I don't think they're together. I think they're just still really good friends. They're both like too cool, too good, and want to just move on. Yeah, I just agree. Just to clarify, I don't think they're together either. I just think that I wouldn't rule it out as a possibility down the road. Me too. That That's all. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And um, I guess my final stance on this would just be that Madison can – honestly really can do better than all of this if she just kind of gets her mind out of this – desire for clout. You know what I mean? Like I think with a little bit of a clear head, she actually would make far better dating decisions that don't involve this level of drama because she really is a catch. It's just she her worst part comes out when she is starved for drama. Yes. 
Yeah. Anyway, I love you, Isabel. Thank you. Love you, girls. Have fun. <laughs> and uh, we'll take a break, and then Julie and I will be back with the next stories of the week. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Okay, the next thing we wanted to mention is Gigi Hadid revealing the name of her daughter four months after she was born. She kind of subtly just changed her Instagram bio on Wednesday to Kai's mom, K-H-A-I. And she had shared a screenshot earlier of a text that she sent to Zayn that said, hey, I'm obsessed with our kid. So Kai means crowned in Arabic and Malik, Zayn's last name, means king. Also, people were speculating that it's a little bit of a tribute to Bella because her middle name is K-H-A-I-R. And, you know, of course, when this comes out, people start to think, okay, what were the times that we missed? And there were two separate occasions that somehow the internet didn't detect, which is surprising to me because I feel like the internet catches everything. But Zayn had posted a photo where you could see his wrist and it says Kai in Arabic that he has tattooed, which nobody caught. And also she had posted a photo kind of of her Christmas tree. And you could see that on one of the things under the Christmas tree, it said her name, but nobody had caught that. So at least we have an answer. It must be fun to be a celebrity and see what little things you can post and get away with. Well, it's so funny because half the time I wonder, was this intentional or not? Kind of like we'll talk about the Kylie Jenner alcohol thing a little bit later on, but you have to wonder how many of these are slip-ups and how many of these are really just kind of intentional waiting to see if somebody catches it. We kind of also knew that she was definitely getting ready to tell us the name of the baby because I just feel like with her, she's itching to post her to share everything about her and she's just doing it in like small little doses yeah because i think that you you know there's that balance when you become a new parent of probably the overwhelming pride and excitement but also one you want to have a certain level of privacy for your kid and like when you're a celebrity it's also a safety issue so i can imagine that it's not necessarily for a lack of desire it's probably for like a level of security right like as of now you know, obviously it took her a while to share the name. She hasn't posted a photo of the baby's face yet. I do think that eventually we'll get to the point where she is just posting her the way that, you know, Kylie posts Stormy. I mean, yeah, think about it. When Stormy was born, Kylie definitely kind of took a step back, didn't post as much. And even I remember she did that whole thing where she posted a lot and then she deleted all of them. And she had commented saying like, yeah, I'm not sharing my girl right now. So I think it's just like such a personal thing, celebrity or not. I really think the decision to like share your kids and how much you want to do so is something that is such a an individualized decision. Yeah, definitely. It also does feel good though, because so many of the blinds had said the name was Kai. So for it to actually be right, I think you do feel a little bit like, uh, I don't know, some sort of comfort or some sort of trust in some of these random accounts that have called that. Yeah, I so agree with that. Next thing we wanted to talk about was last week we had discussed the whole Olivia Rodrigo driver's license situation with Sabrina Carpenter and Joshua Bassett, etc. And since then, Sabrina has actually released her own song called Skin. Before I get into it, let me just read you the caption of her Instagram that she posted tonight. Sabrina, it says, Thank you to everyone who has listened to Skin, especially those who have opened their minds to lyrically what I was trying to get across. 
I wasn't bothered by a few lines in a magnificent song and wrote a diss track about it. I was at a tipping point in my life for countless reasons. So I was inspired to do what I usually do to cope, write something that I wish I could have told myself in the past. People can only get you if you give them the power to. And a lot of people were trying to get to me. The song isn't calling out one single person. Some lines address a specific situation, while other lines address plenty of other experiences I've had this past year. It also shows that many things have actually gotten under my skin, and I'm still learning to not give other people so much power over my feelings. I know a lot of you struggle with the same thing. I don't want this to become an endless cycle, so please don't take this as an opportunity to send more hate anyone's way. Lots of love to you all. Thanks for letting me grow. Anybody who listened to the song, the main chorus was basically, you can try to get under my skin while he's on mine. So, I mean, listen, if she's going to say that it wasn't a direct response, fine. But like, I really like Sabrina Carpenter. I think they're both really talented. I just, (laughs) it was so clearly a response in my opinion. The only reason it wasn't a response is because the original song had nothing to do with her. That's why it's so confusing. Yeah, that's what I think people were so confused about because Olivia's song was really about her relationship with Joshua and what went down there with one line that mentioned Sabrina basically saying like, you're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt. She's so much older than me. She's everything I'm insecure about. That was it. Whereas Sabrina's song, I think at least when you listen to it the first time, felt like it was directly about Olivia or directly addressing Olivia's song. So I don't know. I I really like them both, but I was so confused when I first heard it because it felt so misplaced to me. It was like, wait a second. Like, if if I'm being honest, not that as women you ever want other women to be insecure, but let's just cut the bullshit for a second. If the guy you're dating has an ex-girlfriend and that ex-girlfriend publicly says that you make her insecure, like, Not that you want that, but for a second, that's kind of the best compliment you could ever get. Like, it was so confusing to me. There were all these memes of like, Olivia Rodrigo, call Sabrina Carpenter gorgeous. So Sabrina Carpenter releases a diss track, you know? Right. And that's what's so confusing. And like, by no means do I blame Sabrina for wanting to capitalize on this situation. I think it would honestly be stupid of her not to do something here. But I just think there was a better and different way to go about it. I think she's so talented and I think she's obviously great and there's no reason to compare her versus Olivia. But when one person's writing a song about their breakup that mentions you in a not negative light to then turn around and write a whole song directed at them just seems misplaced to me. I don't know. I mean, I have no issue with Sabrina. This is not like a situation where I'm judging her for doing so. I'm just a little confused by what her intention was. Yeah. I mean, in her caption, like I said, she explicitly says, I wasn't bothered by a few lines in a magnificent song and wrote a diss track about it. I was at a tipping point in my life for countless reasons. So I was inspired to do what I usually do to cope, write something that I wish I could have told myself in the past, which like I get in, in theory, that's a great message not to let other people get under your skin. But I don't know how you can say that <laughs> it wasn't in direct response. I mean, and I know a lot of people are going to say she wasn't coming at Olivia. She literally said, maybe we could have been friends. You know, maybe we can be friends, etc." I don't think she was coming at Olivia. I just think it was, um, her way of responding. I don't think it was like mean necessarily. I just felt it was a little bit bizarre. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely wasn't the kindest approach she could have taken. I, yeah, listen, My only issue with the caption or the post that you read is if you're going to do something so direct, don't then shy away from it. Don't back down. Don't say that it had to do with something else that, you know, maybe included a couple of lines from this response. Like, no, if you're going to put out a song like this, that's clearly so blatant and so forward, own it. It's the only way to do something like that because then it just looks insincere. That's yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know. I hate the entire like narrative of comparing them because they're both so talented. Like they're both so young and so talented and I feel like that's what this has turned into and so like I don't, I'm really not trying to contribute to that. I think they can both thrive in their own way, but it's just like anybody with the pulse is going to see this song and assume that it's in direct response because I'm sorry but it was. Yeah, it very clearly was. Yeah. So anyway, just updating you guys on that. Not the biggest deal in the world, but just worth mentioning. And to be honest, when I first listened to Skin, I was like, ah, I'm not really that into this. But now a few more times, I'm like, okay, this is kind of a bop. Yeah, it's catchy. It is catchy. She's talented. Very, yes. 
Okay. Next thing, minor, but we have to mention it. So as you guys know, we reported last week that Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan are official. They were in St. Bart's together. They've been on vacation. Like They're all over Instagram. It's a thing. Hottest couple ever. I don't even have words. But Steve Harvey was on his show, the Steve Harvey Morning Show. And I want to read you what he said in case anybody didn't see this. He said, I like this one. I still got my eye on him. I mean, I like him, but like I say to all of them, I might like you, I might approve of you, but I got a thumb-sized section of my heart filled with nothing but pure hatred for your ass, just in case I need it. Like right now, nice guy. But I got this little section partner where all I got to do is click a switch and I can hate your ass because you ain't the sexiest man in the world to me. Let's be clear about that. (laughs) I cannot believe we live in a world where Steve Harvey... (laughs) has to tell Michael B. Jordan that to him, he's not the sexiest man in the world because he's dating his daughter. That is so crazy to me. I don't know why. No, you can't write it. It's the best thing ever. There is nobody that I would want to be Michael B. Jordan's father-in-law more than, hypothetically speaking, Steve Harvey. Same. And do you want to know why? Why am I? Oh my God, you're so enthusiastic. Thank you. (laughs) Aside from obviously just the fact that I like Steve Harvey and I think it it's funny and it makes sense. It's also, I find Michael B. Jordan to not necessarily be the most open share when it comes to his love life. And so there's a part of me that feels like having a Steve Harvey as a father-in-law, we're going to associate it with like a Katie Couric or an Andy Cohen or somebody that has their own platform that does speak on these types of things. It's almost like when you get information on Gigi and Zayn from Yolanda, that's what I'm hoping for in a way, not in an intrusive way, but in a way of like, oh, we're going to get additional commentary that we wouldn't normally get if his father-in-law wasn't famous with his own platform. Right. Although I will say the two of them, Michael and Lori, have been super active recently. But that's not, I, I don't know. I I just don't find that typically Michael B. Jordan is as forthcoming relationship-wise. Right. There's a difference between posting and sharing. Right. 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 Which... That's such a beautiful statement. No, it it is. And it's very true. And I'm not complaining. Like I will take whatever I can get. If he wants to post more of those oiled up photos and she wants to comment and they want to post them in the water, like I'm here for every single second of it. And I'm definitely not one to critique their Instagram presence. I fucking love it. But, you know, I also would love to know more of like what's actually going on emotionally. But so maybe in due time. Yeah. We'll just have to see. This is, we're in the honeymoon stage of the relationship. We may get more and everything you want out of it. Yeah, we really don't know. Those pictures of him from today though? No, no. truly. He's he's like I don't mean to sound dramatic, but he's hands down one of the hottest guys I've ever seen. It's not it's not one of those situations where it's like, "Oh, please," like when they show Justin Bieber and it's like, "You could get the same guy at your 7-Eleven," which by the way, I I don't agree with that. Michael B. Jordan is a special kind of man. I was just about to be like, "Why don't you watch your mouth?" No, but, I, don't, I don't. I don't agree with that statement. By the way, the Justin one. By the way, one might say Michael B. Jordan is the sexiest man alive. <laughs> and yeah, but I don't like the reason that I don't want to use that title is because I have nothing against Blake Shelton. I knew you were going to say that. Obviously, you can't let Blake Shelton ruin it for everybody. It's not that I'm letting it ruin it for everybody, but it almost feels like that title loses credibility when discussing Michael B. Jordan. When we're just going to give it to anyone now. Michael B. Jordan is the actual sexiest man alive. Like, here's a better way. What I would say about him that would qualify him to be the sexiest man alive is far too dirty for this podcast, and I'm not going to, but it would be a much more lengthy list than Blake. Fucking duh. Yeah. I just want to put that out there. I Yeah, duh. Yeah. Okay. As long as we're on the same page. Um, Everyone's on the same page. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just making sure I just, I like to check in every once in a while, you know, when Stefani's on the same page. And by the way, that's no shade to John legend. He is a sweetheart and he, I think is very handsome, but we're talking about a totally different league here. Again, Chrissy's on the same page too. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I can't stop thinking about Michael. So let's just like take a little break and we'll come back with Jojo Siwa. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, 
Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. I'm honestly so happy and excited to report this. As I'm sure most of you know by now, Jojo Siwa has come out as part of the LGBTQ plus community this week. She first posted a TikTok where she was lip syncing to Lady Gaga's Born This Way, which people kind of started to think. We were like, is this it? Is this the moment? And she then tweeted a picture of herself wearing a shirt that said, best gay cousin ever. And she wrote, my cousin got me a new shirt. So this happens. Everybody is so excited, so happy. And she went on like a 15-minute IG Live on Saturday. I'm just going to read two quotes. She said, For the last 48 hours, I've gotten the most endless amount of love and support. And now that the world gets to see the side of my life, it makes me really happy. And she then kind of spoke about just not really being ready to put a label on herself, saying, quote, I have thought about this, but the reason I'm not going to say this answer is because I don't really know the answer. I think humans are awesome. I think humans are really incredible people. Right now, I'm super duper happy, and I want to share everything with the world, but I also want to keep things in my life private until they're ready to be public. Right now, what matters is that you guys know that no matter who you love, that it's okay. It's awesome, and the world is there for you. Fuck yeah, Jojo Siwa. I could not be happier for somebody, truly. Because you want to know what it is. It's like, on one hand, you're happy for her as the human being because you can imagine how liberating and how big of a deal this must be for her. But also, it's like you're happy for the younger generation because how many people wishes they had a JoJo when they were younger, somebody to look up to, somebody to show you like, it's okay if you're questioning your sexuality. It's okay, whatever you are, like we accept you. And that's, I think, what we're all so additionally happy for. It's not just for her, which we are. It's also like for the entire generation that she's helping to be okay with whoever they love. And first of all, 100,000%. I also think there's something truly incredible about, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this, about her not being forced to hide who she is because she's a a children's entertainer, her not feeling like she has to hide that piece of her, uh, her being accepted by younger fans and fans with parents. Like I just think there is a huge step in that, that a couple of years ago, even, we didn't get to see. And we're just, I think we've moved on to such a great place with that. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Oh my God. I mean, it's terrible to even feel this way, but of course the conversation when it happened was like, by doing this, she is, there is going to be a bigoted, disgusting part of her audience that will no longer allow their children to watch her things because they are so homophobic. Like that is just a fact. There are those disgusting people out there that will feel that way. And I think like another great reaction that people had was she said, fuck you to that. You know what I mean? It's like anybody who is no longer going to associate with me or going to support my business because of this, like that's not somebody that I want on board anyway. And I think that there can be a lot of fear in that. And so her doing it is just like, fuck yeah, we are the majority. Just so you know, Jojo, the majority of the world is so on board with you. So supportive of you. And like, we don't give a shit who you like, whatever you are, it doesn't matter. Like you, we just, are going to continue to value you for the entertainer and the person and the businesswoman, honestly, that you are. It's really, it's truly amazing. Yeah. It's wonderful. And, uh, I just think we were all, it was a happy moment. It was like, you saw people of all different generations, people that I didn't even know knew who Jojo Siwa were, were overwhelmed with excitement. 
Yeah, it's. I'm so so happy for her. Yeah, so are we. Fucking love that girl. Yeah. Okay, this is not news by any means, but Julie and I just needed to spend five minutes talking about Bling Empire because if you're not watching, like, run, don't walk. <laughs> run, do. Oh my god, run, don't walk. How good is the show? I'm obviously obsessed. It is so excellent. It's basically the show that highlights this lifestyle of this very wealthy group of Asian socialites in Los Angeles. And you really just get to see so many different dynamics going on here. Like, of course, the basic level is you're seeing a lot of wealth, a lot of extravagance, which I think is just always exciting. That's kind of what the Real Housewives franchises were built off of. But in addition to that, like in addition to how kind of engaging the superficial element of it is, you really get to see a lot of relationship dynamics and a lot of really hard, interesting conversations that involve family and love. And you're getting like 10 different storylines in one series. It's almost the perfect model of a reality TV show. I was going to say it was so well done. It was just exactly what I needed. You start out watching it and you think like, okay, we're just going to see almost like a very kind of top level, all about the money situation, which there definitely was. But once you really got in a few episodes, you got to realize like, no, these are people that, yeah, they may have everything, but they're also have personal issues just like any other person. And you get to follow so many different kind of journeys. I don't know. I was obsessed with it. It's just a really fun quarantine watch. My personal favorite, of course, is, has to be Anna Shay. Oh, M fucking VP. Yeah, MVP. She, I, I just want you guys to watch this so badly. If you watch it, you know what we're talking about. Like, she just is excellent. She just, she has this way about her where she has such a presence and she really is very captivating and kind of commands the attention of the room, but also has this very chill side and almost has this like youthful nature that is so addicting to watch. I, I, I can't get enough of her. All I want to do is get lunch with her. I said to you, I was like, she's the type of person where as she's talking to you, I would imagine myself just being so like interested in every word that she speaks to the point where it almost has this like cathartic effect having a conversation with her. I so agree. I don't even know if that's dramatic, but I so agree with you. I also want to take a second to talk about Kelly, who is a knockout. And like, here she is. She's so great. She has this great personality. She's obviously beautiful. She's successful. And she's dating this asshole. And it was so clear watching it how manipulative and how kind of just abusive he was. That relationship is not it. He was intensely, intensely awful to her. But her friends were telling her not to do it because it was genuinely not a safe situation for her to be in. Oh, it was he he is verbally abusive. I mean, you saw the way that Anna kind of reacted when they were in the jewelry store and she had him on speakerphone and you could see she was Anna was really kind of jarred. And I mean, that's what you see a lot with, you know, abusers, right? Like their goal is to keep it kind of as buttoned up as possible so that nobody would ever believe it, right? They think what the public sees is that it's this perfect relationship and nobody would ever believe it. So that's his worst nightmare for people to actually, not only Anna, but now the entire world to be tuned into his behavior because he can no longer gaslight her. He can no longer say that she's just exaggerating. We heard it. We heard it with our own ears and it was disgusting. He's gross. He's really gross. I know. I like don't like to talk like people about that, but he's fucking gross. He has like Max Eric vibes. Yes. Yes. You know? And also, yeah. it I'm not saying that she should be with Kevin. Like she should be with whoever she wants, but I'm watching this and uh Kevin is such an attractive guy who like clearly values her and you could tell he even had a hard time. He's he's very much a kind of jokester from the vibe that we got, but he took a moment and was like really vulnerable with her. And so it's not that I'm rooting for them to be together. Like she should be with whoever she wants as long as it's not Andrew. But I was kind of feeling frustrated. Like I wish you could give this guy a chance kind of. Yeah. I just want, I want her to give Kevin a real chance. Like I want her to see him as somebody that she could potentially envision something with. I know. Just to get out of, even if it's just to get out of her own way with Andrew and open herself up to the possibility of the fact that there's more out there for her. Not to use Kevin like that, but just to look beyond. I that's what I want for her. 
Yeah, I feel the same way. But highly recommend that show. Um, Dennis Kwan, if you're listening, amazing suggestion. And I could not recommend that enough. But I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've seen it. So you agree with us. Yeah, I mean, I hope that if you just listened to this entire thing, it meant it was because you already saw it. We got to get Anna on the podcast. I might be too starstruck. You would be. I, th- I really do think I would be. I know. Okay, let's take a break and then we'll do uh, Courtney and Travis. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Okay, the first thing we're talking about here is the Kourtney Kardashian-Travis Barker dating rumors. And I promise we're going to talk about it all, but let me first just give a little bit of background or a little bit of context because there's kind of a lot here, don't you think? Well, there's so much with Travis himself and Travis and Courtney have been friends for so long that there really is a like a long backstory here. Yeah. So as I'm sure most of you know, Travis Barker is famous for being the drummer of Blink-182. And there's always kind of been speculation about him and Courtney just because they've been family friends for a very long time. And specifically, Courtney and Travis out of the entire family have been really close. But it really kind of started to kick itself into overdrive because he posted an Instagram story from the pool at Chris's Palm Springs house. And E! News was also speculating on their relationship, which as we talk about, once E! News does that, when it comes to Kardashians, there's just something that makes us believe it a little bit more. So, you know, they've been friends forever. He's close with the family and they've lived in the same community in Calabasas for a while now. She's been seen out with him multiple times, but like I said, it was always just platonic or at least to the public. And a little bit of background, in June of 2019, his ex-wife, Shannon Mokler, had posted a photo of daughter and somebody commented and said, she slightly looks like Kim Kardashian in this pic. And Shannon responded and said, Kim wishes, sorry, I do not like that family. Which sparked a lot of media attention because obviously Travis is very close to that family and his kids are actually, I believe, friends with their kids. Like they all hang out. It's not like it's just a Travis isolated thing, no? Right. That's correct. That was a weird comment, by the way. It was a really weird comment. I remember at the time we were really confused by it. I think we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Also, just as a total side note that, of course, these interviews are being brought up, but Travis had dated Paris Hilton in 2006, and he did this interview in 2015 with Us Weekly where he said, how could you not stare at Kim? Mind you, I enjoyed hanging out with Paris, but I love curvy girls. Kim was eye candy. I was no way disrespectful to Paris, but I couldn't keep my eyes off of Kim kind of just talking about how the fact that while he was dating Paris, he did have this little bit of crush on Kim, which like is just funny to think about now if the Courtney rumors are even true. Right. Very much so. It also was 2006 when there was that infamous fight between Paris and Shanna Mokler. And the way that Paris kind of explained it was that Shanna went up to her, punched her in the face. It was like a whole situation, which, I mean, this was prime early 2000s tabloids. Like this was everywhere. I mean, can you think of anything more early 2000s than the two of them getting into a physical altercation at Hyde Nightclub? No, no, it really wasn't. And keep in mind, Travis also did reality television because he and Shanna had that show in 2005, Meet the Barkers, which I watched that religiously. And when Kim was getting ready to do Keeping Up with the Kardashians, she spoke to Travis about the experience and he gave her advice on having a reality show. Yeah, like it's all very full circle when you kind of think about it now because I feel like if you're not somebody that has any knowledge of the family, which I feel like if you're listening to this, you guys are somewhat well-versed on Kardashians, but people may think it's the randomest thing ever. And once you actually get into it, it's not that random. He has been close to this family for a long time now. Right. I think that if you're actually going to talk about 
the logistics of them dating, it's less about how did this happen and more about how did this go from friendship to relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Which I is what I'm curious about. Very curious about. Yeah, me too. I mean, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, they've been friends for so long. There's been so many rumors throughout the years of them being together. I think the real kicker here that is, well, there's two things. I think, first of all, him posting at the cow at the Palm Springs house is definitely, definitely something that leads me to believe they're together because it's one thing to hang out with your kids in Calabasas and it's another thing to take a trip to the Palm Springs house together. Um, and the second is that E News had posted something about them being together and his daughter liked that post. That's what I was about to bring up. That was a little bit telling for me. So yeah, I mean Listen, nothing about them dating surprises me. They clearly have a connection. They clearly like each other if they've been friends for so long. I'm just so curious about the turning point there. Yeah. Like I, I like we always say, there's a part of me that likes to, when these things come out, just believe them for purposes of conversation because it makes it more fun. And like, I don't think it's that crazy. If you asked me a year ago, I would have said no way. But like, Scott is with 19-year-old Amelia Gray. So who the fuck knows these days? Right, Exactly. Right. It's not like also, you know, I know a lot of people like the first question they ask us is, you guys are Courtney and Scott apologists. Like, that's your biggest dream. Are you upset by this? And to me, it's like, I can't go into the Courtney and Scott space right now because Scott's decisions are so going against that, that like, you know what? If that's what Scott's wanting to do and and Courtney is going to, let's hypothetically say, build a life with Travis Barker, then so be it. Yeah. I mean, are we already jumping to them building a life together? I don't know. I think my thing with Courtney and Scott is it doesn't prevent me from seeing them with other people. Like I, I totally see Courtney and Travis together. I obviously have to see (laughs) Amelia and Scott together. It doesn't prevent me from being able to envision them dating other people, but there is a piece of me wanting them to get back together so badly or me thinking that they will get back together that prevents me from seeing them being serious with anybody else. Well, that's kind of what I was going to say. Like, it's really easy for us to view Scott and Amelia and say, this is just a fling versus when Travis Barker comes into the mix that has a long history with the family. We know that Courtney really respects him. We know that there's ties with their children. That kind of, in my opinion, takes on a little bit of a different tone because it's like, Okay, I'm not saying this is the thing, but like it could be because clearly if you're going to take the risk to risk a friendship, then like you have to think there's something enough there to kind of go deep into it. Even though they're all friends with their exes, so hypothetically speaking, if they broke up, I don't think they'd be on bad terms, but it you have to take a second to consider it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, of course, because it's one of those things where if you already have such a deep friendship, you're kind of doing that rom-com sitcom thing where your relationship already starts at a hundred. There's no getting to know each other phase. If you're friends and good friends before your relationship is already serious from the start. Yeah, I know. Which I mean, I'm a huge fan of that. I think dating your friends is like, there's very much something to be said for that. Right. It is interesting. I know that what I just said was contradictory about not being able to envision something serious, but that doesn't mean that it isn't serious, you know? Yeah, I mean I have no idea. I'm not I'm definitely not prepared to say this isn't happening. I think it totally could be happening. Yeah, I agree. Very interesting. Yeah, we'll keep you guys posted on that. Also, Kendall and Kylie are on vacation in Mexico and they're apparently at this six bedroom villa. Gorgeous. It's like a huge infinity pool, roughly seven grand a night, room for twelve. I mean, you guys saw it. It's insane. Insane. Did you see by the way that Devin reposted Kendall's Instagram of her in the bikini on his story? I did see that. I love when they're a little public. They are so private. Kendall is so private. So when they give us just that little bit, I am living for it. Right. I also wonder there, like, did he have to get her permission to do that? Did he just do it and was like, fuck it. If she's upset, she's upset. Like, I, It's so minor, but I wonder if there's any sort of dialogue that goes into that decision. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that kind of feels like one that he didn't have to ask permission for. Yeah. I mean, I just, you never know with them. No, you, you're right. You never know. Also, this is, we're putting the Kardashian recap because we feel like you guys would care. 
Did you guys see that Harry Hudson made his relationship with Steve Jobs' daughter, Eve Jobs, official? They posted together on Instagram. I did not realize the like extent of this. I, I, I kind of thought that it was just a casual thing. I didn't realize they were like dating, dating. Me either. I, I mean, I didn't really know much about it until you said it to me the other day, but like, wow. Are you weirdly so into it? Of course I am. I know. I am too. (laughs) And by the way, if he smells anything in person like he does his scent from from Sniff, she's a lucky fucking girl. Hey, guys, no joke. I know we post things that people send us on our stories, obviously, because like when people do, you want to thank them. This is not an ad, not promoted. Phil's company, Sniff, the scent that he did in collaboration with Harry Hudson is so fucking good. Like – I, I really think it's it has like a unisex vibe. Like it really could be for either. But I spray – you see me. I mean I spray it on myself constantly. I, it's it's like delicious. It's delicious, right? Like it kind of smells like a guy but also like kind of doesn't. I, I spray it on my pillows. Yeah. It's just, it's just good. Um, so I was interested in that. And then also, did you guys see this whole thing where Kylie had posted a photo and in the background you could see this 818 bottle, which is an unregistered – alcohol company, which people are thinking that it's Kylie's next venture. 818 is the Calabasas area code. And you could kind of see the bottle in the back of her Insta, which is what we always talk about. Like, was that planned? Was it actually an accident? I don't know. But like, if this is going to be a thing, which I think it is, makes the most sense ever. Oh yeah. It's 100% a Kylie tequila coming out. Well, because also we saw Travis with those cacti drinks. Like I just, I would be surprised if Kylie didn't have some sort of a, an alcohol company. Yeah, definitely same. I think there was a report a while ago, and I could be wrong here about her, um, about her trademarking something in terms of alcohol. Well, because also she's made 1942 like a personality trait of hers at this point, right? You know, which is interesting to make something a personality trait of yours and then have your own thing of that. Well, she also posted uh, the pictures of all the shot glasses with the limes, which, like, I know to your average person seems like nothing, but you know how they are. They get the marketing on the back end so that it doesn't seem like such a shock or not doesn't seem like such a shock, but so that it kind of seems more on brand if they end up going through with it. Kylie promoting her or Kylie having her own tequila brand after promoting 1942 so heavily is like if you were to promote cashware and then open up your own robe line. Oh my God, I would never do that. I know, but it's kind of the equivalent. Okay. Well, <laughs> God forbid I ever did that. Don't worry, Cashware. You're the one and only. Um, I mean, even if you did that, I still would, would only be Cashware. So. I know. I know. But yeah, I don't know. That's it. Anything else, Kardashian or just life-wise that you want to mention? No, I think that's it, kid. I just had so much fun. At the time of my goddamn life. I had so much fun. Oh my God. I love when the topics are like this. Yeah. Um yeah so i think that's all we love you guys so much julie and i will see you later this week for the kardashian bonus show isabel and i will see you for comments by bravo and um i think um i think that's everything we love you guys so i'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life like generally speaking there's pretty much nothing i wouldn't rather be told straight up But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.